Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's a podcast about the nanny, the sitcom from the 90s that starred Fran Drescher. And we are doing season four now. We're deep into season four. We're, no, we're not. We're only, we're only the third episode of this season. What are we talking about? We're the tippy, tippy, tippy top, tippy top, as a, a former mm-hmm. president used to say, of the uh, of the bird of the season four, episode three, the bird's nest. I am Shondi Pasquale here with Toria Sheffield. Right. And Toria, what is this one about exactly? About many things, <laughs> but I boiled it down to Fran tries to help Brighton with a science project and things go askew. Okay. But I would argue that, as I said to Sean earlier when we were talking about this, this kind of felt like a everything but the kitchen sink episode, uh, which is an expression here in the States, which sort of means like, you know, everything went into the stew except the kitchen sink. And that's kind of how I felt about this episode. Sean, you seem to, you liked it more than I did. Because I thought it was just like, I couldn't get a grasp on where it was, where it was going, what the point was. There was some funny bits, but you seem to like enjoy it regardless. Yeah, I guess I was just looking at it differently. You know, it, my overview of the episodes as I'm watching them is just like, how many times in the episode did I laugh? And it's like, if I'm laughing mm-hmm. a lot, then I'm like, oh, I'm really enjoying this episode. Yeah. Well, we start with what seems like a complete non sequitur at Lomans. It's a Lomans clearance sale. And this is the, you know, mythic Lomans we've talked about a million times on the show already. And there's been references to it, but we've never actually had a set take place there, a set piece. And it's basically like the doors are about to open. Fran has brought little Gracie with her. And there's literally like, you know, women crowded lined yeah. up. There's even a woman in a wheelchair who Fran goes like, uh, don't take her seriously. She's faking. Last year, she stood up and screamed, it's a miracle as soon as they brought out the Donna Karen sales. <laughs> so like, you know, this is just like chaos. <sighs> they open the doors to Lomans and then we cut to literal footage from the from the original jumanji of a rhinoceros this was very weird this was a very awkward cut it was just so awkward because like it didn't like i got it i got the joke they stampede into the store like a bunch of rhinoceroses or whatever but it's like the cut was just jarring. It was just like all of a sudden you're like watching like footage from like a, some random nineties movie. Well, what I might know was this would make no sense if you haven't seen that movie because it's not just footage from like a nature documentary. It's the CGI rhinos running through a mansion, yeah. which is very specifically the original Jumanji with Robin Williams. And if you haven't seen it, you'd be like, what am I even looking at? <laughs> but Anyway, so they get in there, and of course, you know, um, Fran and this very stern-looking woman start duking it out over a sweater because, like, they were going through the discount bin, and they each got, like, a sleeve. And the woman's even like, she's like, I've had a rough week. My nicotine patch just fell off. My mother's in town, and my boyfriend just left me for my brother. (laughs) And um, that actress is actually Nora Dunn. She's kind of a famous comedy She is, and this kind of clued me into what the to like I, I was like there's no way they brought Nora Dunn in for just this like silly bit right and I'm watching the whole episode waiting for Nora Dunn to come back because I'm a huge I'm a huge Nora Dunn fan 
She's in. She's well, in Three Kings. She's a kills, kills, absolutely slays in Three Kings. She's also in Southland Tales, which is just like a weird movie that I love. She's also slays in Pineapple Express. Uh, she slays in Dropped Who is she in Pineapple Express? Shannon. She's like the. Um, She's like one of the one of like the like the customers. She's like kind of like a stoner burnout lady, like older lady. It's a good bit. You got to go back. And then also, oh, man, and then know. also, she's like been in like a bajillion. She's on like every TV show ever. As like she like pops up in well, every what, show. <laughs> yeah. So what I'll say is, if you go to IMBD, she actually appears in eight future episodes of The Nanny. As the character Dr. Reynolds, oh, which is a different character. Yeah, because Nora my Dunn gut, is my, great, dude. <laughs> yeah, my theory is, like, maybe she's sort of, like, Fran's OBGYN or something like that because she sort of appears around the time when, like, that would be the plot line. Oh, um, smart. But, yeah. So she's playing a doctor. Yeah. But so anyway, so Fran and this woman duke it out, and Fran ends up getting the sweater by just, like, pure force, yeah. right? So we were in the kitchen with Fran showing, you know, Sylvia her Loman spoils. And we have this great joke, which kind of ends up being its own little subplot in the, in the future of the episode. Because Fran, so, cause Sylvia is saying that she had a delicious lobster for lunch that, you know, Fran's uncle Stanley caught at Rockaway yes. Beach. And Fran's like, Mom, like, those aren't safe to eat. They don't even let people swim there. <laughs> and Sylvia's like, oh, they are perfectly fine and they have two tails yes. <laughs> which was just so funny um and you and at first you think maybe that's just gonna be like a throwaway joke but it ends up coming yeah. back um so then S sylvia leaves and mr sheffield comes in with this was like and this, this whole episode like, was like an exercise in like tchaikovsky's gun <laughs> that guy yeah. Chekhov's, Chekhov's gun <laughs> you know what i mean Chekhov's yeah it's like yeah. It, this whole so, like every scene in the beginning of this was setting up a Chekhov's gun <laughs> like, yes, and so for anyone who doesn't know, Chekhov, the famous Russian playwright, uh, he famously said, uh, if you introduce a gun in Act 1, it had better go off by Act yeah. 3. Basically being like, you know, everything that you put in needs to be intentional and should there should be a reason for it, right, mm -hmm. um, in your writing. And so, yeah, <laughs> there's so many Chekhov guns in this. You're so right. But so um, – Mr. Sheffield comes in and Brighton is in big trouble because he got a D on his science test. And Mr. Sheffield's like, you know, like if your grades don't pick up, Mister, then I'm going to send you to military school. And you know, Brighton runs upstairs, upset. And I, I wrote zero stakes though, right? Like we know Brighton's not going to military school, even if you have never seen a single episode past this of the nanny. Like I just knew it wasn't, yeah. But anyway, so but Mr. Sheffield proceeds to tell Fran that like you know he has. Uh, uh, that uh, Brighton has had better get a good grade on his upcoming science project and she better not help him with it because he quote needs to learn to do things on his yeah. own no sooner does he say that does he turn around Niles is in front of him and goes I packed your briefcase sir yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Sheffield's like thank you and then Mr. Sheffield's like you make things far too easy for the boy at Fran and then he turns around and Niles literally has a mirror for him to look <laughs> yeah. into that he's already planned and then you know holds it while Mr. Sheffield does his hair and Niles tells him you know like oh it's not quite the way you like it sir and then you know Mr. Sheffield fluffs it and Niles is like perfect and walks away <laughs> But it's just very funny because it's like, oh well, clearly we're Brian well. And then Fran has a, his, his pampered daddy. Yeah, and then Fran has a good tag on that because she because like there's like a beat, and then she's like, "Are the kids yours, or did or did Niles do that for you too?" Yeah. <laughs>
And he's like, how dare you? I'm a grown man and I'm allowed to have a a, a butler and whatever. I'm allowed to have my own I get a manservant. Um, I deserve this. And so then the next scene, it introduces another subplot. I would say the C-plot, which is Mr. Sheffield and Niles are in Mr. Sheffield's office. And Cece comes in with Chester and she's like, oh, sorry, I'm late. I had to pack a bag. You know, my apartment's getting fumigated. And Niles has this great singer. He's like, don't they know that doesn't work? You always come back. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, basically, Cece kind of mentions that she's having a uh, hard time finding a hotel that will take a dog. So Mr. Sheffield volunteers, you know, the mansion. And she kind of already was clearly hoping he would say that. So now this means Niles is going to have to wait on Cece, yes. you know, as like basically a guest in the in the mansion, which, you know, is his nightmare. So they, you know, they walk out and Fran comes in. And she has this great line where she she's waving this large envelope in the air at Mr. Sheffield. And she goes, thank God I was making tea while opening the mail. And this letter addressed to you accidentally steamed open. <laughs> I just thought it was great because and then she's like, you know, applications to military school. And she's like, I can't believe you're actually considering sending our baby yeah. there. Which was really cute. It's really cute. Like, you know, this, they're this- they're making a concerted effort this season, it seems, to really start to, you know, move emotionally forward from like he loves her, she loves him, you know, they're not quite sure how to move forward. They're a little scared. Uh, but like now they're starting to lay the groundwork for like, and these children she sees as, as like, they are part of her now. Like, and they're starting to really layer like, that they, in based on like last episode. And now this one, you know. Yeah. Like they're, they're co-parenting yeah. and Mr. Sheffield has kind of like, he's kind of like submitted to it where, you know, he's not sort of like, well, you know, frankly, this is not your business, Miss yeah. Fine. He's like accepting it. Like, you know, a sheepish husband where she's like, military school like I feel like I don't even know you and instead of being like well they're my kids he actually argues back as if like he has to defend himself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so while they're um you know kind of going back and forth about this she's like oh Mr. Sheffield there's a cat on the terrace and this is when I was literally like what is happening (laughs) where are we going with because he goes ah yes he goes it's he goes it's Roger Clinton's cat from next door shoes um, because the Clintons famously had a cat boots. named Socks. Oh, right, Socks. Boots. No, no, Socks. Yeah. Socks. And Mr. Sheffield goes, it's Socks' sister. <laughs> um, and so then they go out on the terrace so Mr. Sheffield can feed this cat. And I'm also like, man, they're they're introducing the cat. Now we've got a Roger Clinton reference. Like, I feel like all over the place. I, I love that they're so committed to the consistency of Roger Clinton being their next door neighbor. But so then they're out there and he's feeding the cat. And then Fran sees a bird's nest nearby with three little eggs in it. Mm. And she's like, oh my gosh, Mr. Chef, it's a bird's nest. And he, he's literally like, ah, oh. he goes, isn't it a bit late for eggs? I thought they laid their eggs in the spring. <laughs> and Fran's instantly like, oh, well, you know, don't judge her. Maybe she spent three years sitting on someone else's yeah. eggs. <laughs> like basically being like, you know, don't don't shame don't age shame this mm-hmm. bird for having children late. <laughs> and again, I, I go, I truly was like, where is this episode going? I have no idea. Um and so then that evening we cut to Brighton in his room. Fran walks by and he's literally sees him trying on lipstick. And she's like, what are you doing? And he, it turns out he's so desperate to find a new science project that he's like, um, 
I'm going to find out which of these lipsticks stays on the longest. <laughs> and then he kisses his hand and he goes, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> and she's literally like, she's like, oh, she's like, this isn't going to help you get an A on your science project. And she's like, but it might keep you out of military school. <laughs> like looking at it with lipstick. So we, we um, um, you know, we've been like kind of, we've been like hard on this character, on the Brighton character in previous seasons. But like, I got to say, the, uh, maybe it was just like really a problem with like how do you write for like just like a little boy you know but now that like mm-hmm. this kid's getting a little older he's like really funny and it feels like the writer has finally figured out like what the best angle to play with him is and like and like spoiled man child is my favorite like I love this like kind of dumb like he's kind of like dopey a little bit you know where he's like yeah, trying no, on literally I, just I sitting on his know. bed putting lipstick on and kissing his hand and being like oh cool <laughs> like, <laughs> see I, I actually i don't even think it's spoiled man child i think it's it's big dork like that's what's really funny like we, yeah. we like you know i think you i was re-listening to the episode uh where they start off at like that tennis match you know at the cafe like the sports cafe or whatever sure. and you had said like oh i think the charming thing is is like this is a family of losers and they've all just accepted it. And like, it kind of binds them together. I'm like, no, yeah. Like he's, he's a loser. His best friend is probably Sylvia or Yetta or something, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's, it's very endearing and funny and like um, way, way better than like, rich kid who's suave and like oh, yeah. is popular yeah because they tried that a couple episodes where he's like i'm rich and it's cool and it's like yeah i don't know if that's fun i don't know if that's yeah. as fun like you know because you know. because you gotta you gotta find a way like rich kid who's popular and suave nothing funny about it no nothing to root rich for or laugh at <laughs> Yeah, he's still in his own way an underdog. Like, can't get girls, can't get any social status, cries easily. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and like, not yeah, very smart, you know. Like, like a little, little dumb, little on the like the slow side, little, you know, uh-huh. lazy. Yeah, it's great. It's great. All right, so yeah. Um, um, so oh, but so you know, even though Fran is not supposed to be helping him with his science project under like direct orders from Mr. Sheffield. She, of course, can't help herself. So she's like, okay, B, this is what I'm thinking. There's these three abandoned eggs in a nest outside your dad's office. You should incubate them and, like, you know, watch and, like, monitor the hatching. And he's like, oh, my God, that's genius. And she's like, yep. Like, you know, so that sets up that that's how the eggs tie into this. They're going to be Brighton's new science project, and hopefully he will get an A and not have to go to military school. And also, Fran is helping him on the sly, but no one's supposed to know. Um, and meanwhile, Cece passes by in like a sexy nest. Yeah, I was just going to say oh. the, the Cece thing. Yeah, well, while they're talking, then Cece passes by in a sexy nightgown and she knocks on Mr. Sheffield's bedroom door, offering him a nightcap. And he says, Oh, I don't want to do it at home. Meet me at the Regency in an hour. Cece's eyes like literally pop out of her yeah. head. Like Maxwell Sheffield just says, I don't want to do it at home, yeah. but meet me at a hotel. She desperately runs back down the hall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At which point, Niles emerges from Mr. Sheffield's bedroom with a tape recorder and a dubious expression. So he clearly had just 
pre-recorded Mr. Sheffield saying that, knowing that Cece would come desperately knocking okay. on the door. Here, At this point, I was like, there's just so many things Here's happening. my question for you, though. What year did Home Alone 2 come out? Also saw that. I went, he pulled a total Home Alone. I was like, it was a total is this, Kevin is this a reference? Like, I was like, huh. are they directly just referencing, like, Home Alone 2 just came out, and they're like, oh. No, Home Alone 2 is 1992. I think this was just a separate, you know, a separate thing. Recording devices exist. That's so funny. I don't think it was a talk boy. Situation. No, but it did feel very similar. Like he's recording someone's voice and like playing it for someone through a closed door <laughs> and they're reacting ridiculously to like. And you know. well, and then the very next moment was just so absurd because so he comes out with a tape recorder, you know, the audience, the studio audience is like, oh, yeah. and like thinks it's hilarious. Then Mr. Sheffield walks up and is like, like Niles, like, what are you doing outside my bedroom door? <laughs> This is a setup to literally probably one of the most complicated lines it's I have the best. ever I love heard. It. In a... Did you write it down? <laughs> okay, I good. did. So um, Niles goes like, oh, just tidying. And then he very slyly like kind of puts his, uh, you know, recorder, like kind of where Mr. Sheffield won't see it. And he goes, how did your meeting at the Regency go? Did Pavati agree to sing Pagalachi? I can't even say it. Pagalachi at your benefit? So Pavarti, the Pavarotti. opera singer, did he agree to sing? Pavarotti, yeah. did he agree to sing Pagliacci? Yep. Which is a Pagliacci is a, a famous Italian opera featuring Sad um, clown. a clown. Yeah. Sad clown. Mr. Sheffield goes, ah, after I buttered him up, I said, I've always dreamed of seeing you dressed like a clown. Oh God, it would be thrilling. <laughs> so Niles then, clearly still holding the tape recorder, looks like incredibly thrilled and walks <laughs> yeah. away. He so I'm like wow what a who thought of yeah. this, that like the setup to getting this line would be a Pagliacci Pavarotti reference, <laughs> um, but so we know that you know hey Niles now has a recording of Mr. Sheffield saying I've always dreamed of seeing you dressed like a clown it would be thrilling. Later, yeah, I love this wow, episode so happening. much. <laughs> so see, I meanwhile was like oh, I don't know how I feel about it, but later that week. Brighton calls the house. It's like a middle of the day. Fran picks up and he basically begs her to turn on the incubation lamp on the eggs. He's like, I'm running late. Can you please do it for me? And she's like, oh, she's like, you know, I'm not supposed to help you, but fine, fine, I'll do it for you. So she goes and further helps him, even though she had sort of said, like, I'll give you the idea for this, but I'm not going to help you. Um, we then have a, a very adult joke where Mr. Sheffield is like in the foyer like going through his mail and Cece comes in and she's kind of just like icy cold and he's like Cece like what's going on you haven't said two words to me all day and she's like Maxwell what happened to our rendezvous at the Regency last night and he's clearly thinking she's talking about the meeting with the opera singer so he goes oh I decided to take care of it myself <laughs> which is a cool masturbation yes joke. definitely like, it's a hundred percent he goes i like, handled it myself and then she's like what yes. and he's like i just thought it would be faster and she's like what yeah, well, no she goes maxwell she goes but maxwell i would have loved to help you with that and then he's like but it was so much faster without you so they're on two they're cross wires misfiring and um then eventually like brighton comes home and Fran's sort of like, you know, that's, a, you know, I did help you, but like, I don't want to make a habit of it. You're really supposed to be doing this science project yourself. And then she's, he's like, oh, come on, Fran, what's the big deal? 
And she's like, well, it's not a big deal. You know, I turned the heat lamps on. It would only be a problem if I had forgotten to turn them mm -hmm. off. And then she stops and she's like, oh my God, I forgot to turn them off. And then I thought this was actually a really like dark So did scene. I. I, they I run over my to note, the, my I, note. I was, I was, no, I was just sad. Yeah, my this. note for the scene is just like, this was fucking depressing. Like what? Oh like, my God. They, they, I, would, I, I don't know. Like I get it. I get it. This is how eggs happen, but like. I don't know. It seems like evil. <laughs> I would have been traumatized. So they run over yeah. the eggs and they've hard boiled them. I'm like, they were little baby they birds, were birds in, in there. there. <laughs> and, and like, I get it. All eggs are baby birds, but like they were trying to make them into real birds and they murdered them. <laughs> I know. It was in like a horrible way. It made me so sad. I would have been so traumatized as a kid. Yeah. Um, and, Same. you know, Brighton freaks out. He's convinced he's going to get sent to military school because it's, like, another failed science experiment. He runs out. And the next day, you know, Fran is talking to Niles in the kitchen, kind of, like, being like, okay, I'm not really sure what I'm going to tell Mr. Sheffield. I guess the truth. Here's the two things I've come up with. <laughs> Meaning when she says tell him the truth, it still means, like, a convenient lie. Um, but then, so Sylvia knocks on the door, and she comes in carrying a huge bag. And she's like, Franny, I just wanted you to try one of those Rockaway Beach lobsters. And then we realize the bag has these two giant, like, lobster antennae. Like, this thing has got to be a 40-pound yeah. lobster. Like, by the size of those antennae, it's, like, literally, like, comically large. Um, and I think Fran even looks in it, and she's like, Ma, like, it has a mustache. <laughs> so there's, there's really something very wrong with the lobsters. And then also she's like, and Ma, like you have a rash. Yeah. It's all over your chest. And she's like, oh, it's on my chest now too? And Fran's like, Ma, I really don't think you should be eating these lobsters. Like I think you really need to take a soak and a bath. And so Fran – sorry, so uh, Sylvia uh, takes that as an invitation to run upstairs and presumably go sit in Mr. Sheffield's Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, and um, – so, and then Fran basically tells Niall, she's like, you know what? I think what I need to do is go convince Brighton's teacher to give him an extension. So she's going to like further involve herself in this situation, even though she's not supposed to. And she gets to the school and she gets to the classroom and she actually walks into the science room and sees, she's like, oh, this brings back so many memories. And then there's this girl sitting in a desk who looks and talks just like her. Um, and I like that. That like literally that interaction the, was great. I thought that that girl did a pretty good job. Like she did a pretty good. Friend. Oh, she did a great job because yeah. the the girls like um Fran's like, what are you here for? Because it's like clearly detention. And she goes like, oh, I was putting on makeup in class. And Fran's like, you know, you really shouldn't do that. You're here to learn. And Fran says it while putting more makeup <laughs> on. And then the girls like, it's okay. I don't need school. I'm gonna. Uh, she's like, I'm gonna get a husband and move to Great Neck after my mom moves to Boca. And then Fran's like, how do you feel about domestic servitude? She's like, get used to it. <laughs> uh, but so it's just this fun little scene, right? And then the teacher, and then the teacher walks in and it's none other than the sad, severe woman who Fran took the sweater from in that uh, sweater fight at Lomans. Right. It's a great um, reveal. And, honestly, I thought it was a really good, I thought it was a solid reveal. Yeah, it was a good reveal, and the woman's like, what are you doing here? And Fran's like, oh, ha, it's you. And she's like, uh, funny story, like, I'm actually Brighton Sheffield's nanny. Hey, let's just put all that sweater stuff behind us. And then, uh, you know, uh, the teacher, she instantly goes into teacher mode, and she's like, you know what? She's like, you want an extension for Brighton? 
well, I think you need to sit and think about what you did, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so it's almost like she's going into teacher mode on Fran, but specifically over the sweater situation. We then cut back to the mansion. Fran gets home. She's pretty happy because clearly, you know, she did successfully get this uh, extension. And she sees Brighton and Sylvia sitting on the couch and Brighton like excitedly gets up and she's, he's like, I've got a new science project. Everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it's the rash on Sylvia's back. So presumably maybe he walked into a bathroom while Sylvia was taking a bath and was like, wow. And my note was, so the science project is the rash, not the lobster. (laughs) Doesn't that seem like it would be like the best science project is like the effects of like the rockaway beach water on On sea sea life. life. Yes. They had it right there, but I kind of, but here's the thing. I kind of like the swerve, whether it was intentional or an overstep. I I don't really know. You seem to think it was just like, they missed it, but like, I think, I think they didn't miss it. And they were like, it's funnier if it's, if he, comes in and it's still he still doesn't have the right science project because yeah. the rash is and not so, a science well, he, project it's just he just he's like i took pictures of it <laughs> it's weird <laughs> I know. yeah well so then brighton runs upstairs excitedly and sylvia leaves after you know promising she's like promises not to eat any more of that rockaway beach lobster but she says she's gonna eat the 12 pounds of shrimp that, that uncle stanley yeah. caught and then fran's like i don't think you should eat those shrimps either <laughs> sylvia's like no, it's one <laughs> and leaves. And then Mr. Sheffield rushes in and he's like super anxious because he's like, oh, Miss Fine, I forgot to feed Roger Clinton's cat today and now the eggs are gone. The cat must have eaten the eggs. I ruined the science project. Like, this is all my fault. And Fran totally lets him It's great. It. Yeah, she just goes, uh, yeah, wow, that's <laughs> awful. Yes. Like, she's like, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, and he's like, oh, go- yeah, and he's like, oh, gosh, Miss Fran, like, can you please help? There's a bonus in this for you. And, of course, Niles walks by. And Niles, throughout this episode, has constantly seen Mr. Sheffield paying Fran for stuff that she doesn't really deserve. And I was like, if I was Niles, I'd be pissed, mm. too. <laughs> the amount of money that he just throws around for, like, fixing his random interpersonal problems is, is very yeah. funny. Um, but I guess also tracks with what we just learned last episode about how she handled the rent situation. Sure. For, yeah, uh, no. Can't hurry Fair, I guess, if he was just like, it's fine. Deal with this, please. You know? Yes. And um, so basically he's like miss fine like will you you know will you please help and she's like well okay if you if you insist i i guess i'll go uh get next go down to the school and get an extension for him which she's already done by the way and he's like oh okay he's like but i've i've heard that teacher's pretty tough and she's like i'll take care of everything and she's like and then you know i guess i'll come up with a new science project for brighton too and he's like oh thank you miss fine so basically she's saying she will do two things she knows are already done which is genius and very manipulative on her yes. part um and um then you know she walks over to niles to like put her jacket away because she'd only just really walked in she hasn't even like you know uh taken her jacket off and niles is basically like how did you pull off the extension anyway and she's like you know i just you know i just spoke reason to the woman you know she couldn't she couldn't deny basic logic and then fran unzips her jacket and takes it off and she's just wearing a bra so clearly uh she had to give the woman the sweater (laughs) um and then the, the button on the episode is just a little reversal of the tape recorder thing which was uh niles goes and knocks on mr sheffield's bedroom door and 
Mr. Sheffield says, oh, will you uh, go pick up, I forget who he says, but go pick up so-and-so at JFK. And, you know, you better take the carpool lane. There's an accident on the highway. It'll take hours. And Niles is literally like, okay, sir, <laughs> and walks away. And then the door opens and Cece pops her head out wearing a clown nose. <laughs> so clearly she has picked, realized, you know, what Niles was up to with the recorder. But not before that, you know, putting tricky. on that clown nose. Uh-huh. And now is getting hers. Yeah. But I was also like, man, how sad is it that, like, Niles and Mr. Sheffield's relationship is such that he wouldn't be surprised that Mr. Sheffield would cavalierly send him on like a three hour outing to JFK. <laughs> um, and yeah. clearly he does I mean, that to see. It seems well. like that's his relationship with everybody. Is he just like, well, do, <laughs> yeah. do or say and send them to do any random task that he needs accomplished and they just kind of have to do it? Like, why did Fran go help those? Like, why did Fran get involved with the electric company? I'm still fascinated by that. Because he's a rich little yeah. baby. Um, but so that was the episode. Yeah. Should we move into we segments? We should move into segments. Let's go. Whee. And now, segments. So. Segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, Segments. Okay, I think my single favorite moment of this entire episode was the look on Niles' face when he realizes he got that clown line. It was incredibly devious, but but also like almost sexually ecstatic. Like like he literally has a boner for torturing Cece. And I just wrote like it's either so well played or so well directed or maybe both. But like who's ever like, you know what? No, like, when you know that you are going to get to torture Cece, it's literal, like, almost like you can't continue. Well, I that. didn't, I'm so inconsistent with this. I completely didn't mention the director or the writer of either of the last, this episode of the previous mm-hmm. one. But mm-hmm. Dorothy Lyman directed this one. The great Dorothy Lyman uh, directed this one. So it's not a shock that it's well directed. Um, the writers on this one is kind of an interesting situation. There's a, th- this is one of the rare ones that has a story by credit and then also a teleplay credit and it's two different people. Um, one of them went on to, it doesn't look like do much writing outside of the nanny. It was the nanny and then mm-hmm. one episode of simple life in 1998. And then teleplay is Jane Hamill. And um, she has a bunch more writing credits uh, I mean, she worked as recently as 2019 writing Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures, a TV show. Okay. So, and then the other. Well, okay, I'm glad. So we... that, but then for my favorite lines, not to sidetrack too much there, uh, there's a very a line in the very beginning from Sylvia where she, I forget what she says before it, but she just looks at one of the kids after saying something like kind of dumb, and she goes, "You don't learn these things in books," <laughs> like, and she says it. Yes. <laughs> She says it like such a brag, like, like, you, like, ha, you, school won't teach you the smart stuff, kiddos. And it's like, yep. It was specifically uh, after Gracie explains how she tricked some women at Lowman so that they could get to some more sale items. Oh, right, right. It was super funny. 
And I, I just love that Sylvia says the lobsters are fine and they even have two tails. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I also, I pointed out, uh, you know, while we were talking about it, but I liked, are the kids yours or did Niles do that for you too? I thought it was a really funny line. Um, mm-hmm. I also liked mm-hmm. Fran. This was another bu- a funny line and then also a great direction uh, in this beat. Fran is talking to Brighton about the birds, uh, the, the eggs. And, you know, because she's like trying to convince him that this is a good idea to do as a science project. And she goes, and, you know, and she's like, we can set up the heat lamps and da da da. And he's like, are you sure that will work? And Fran goes, who knows more about eggs sitting around doing nothing than me? And right at that moment, yes. Cece walks between them in the background. And like, they don't acknowledge her. It's just like, it was just perfectly timed that like she says that and then you see Cece walk in the background and crosses between them and walks off screen. I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really, really – because her line is funny alone even if that that that's all that had to be was just – because that line works. You know, she's sitting around on her eggs, sure. Uh, but then ha- to have Cece go in the background was so such an extra like hilarious beat. I loved it. Sometimes it's like hard to I think like exit a scene mm-hmm. and that just works mm-hmm. perfectly. Um and then for Yiddish, we've got a couple that we have done already. We got Yas, a person who's regarded as like ineffectual or foolish. We also got Ganug, which means enough. Yeah. Uh, we get that, you know, I would say several times a season. Yeah, Ganug. Um, for Nini Trivia, um, so it's from IMBD. So, you know, the girl who played uh, the high schooler who Fran really related to um, in the science classroom? Yes. That's Jackie Stone. Yep. Who plays France? Who who um played Fran's little cousin Tiffany in season yep. one? Yep. And wasn't she? She's also on Glow. And she's right? on Glow. Yeah, that's her. That that's what most people would probably know her. Uh, she was Melanie. Mm-hmm. She's Glow. great. She's great. She's great. She kills it. It's clearly she like is a she's just a good actress, you know. And I love that this show mm-hmm. is not afraid to just recast the same people if they had like really bit parts and give them a little bit more to do uh, if they're good. I I like I don't mind yeah, that at yeah. all. I'm not such a my I'm a stickler for continuity in some things, but not in, in sitcoms. I'm like very forgiving of continuity. Cause it's like, whatever, you know, just make it funny. Yeah. It's like th- throw that actor a bone. Yeah. It's, listen, it's hard out there. It's hard out there for the actors. <laughs> it's hard out there for an actor. Yep. <laughs> um, so then for the, uh, Fran or the yes. CC slash the cast, I really related to Sylvia because I will eat anything. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't care about expiration dates. I don't care about moles. I don't care about health warnings. I think so much of it is just, you know, nonsense. And, you know, there's some people where it's like, they won't drink milk past like a sell by date. And even if you're like, no, that's the sell by date, like not the drink by date. And they're like, I don't care. I just, I can't. It's like, you know, it's just, it's too weird for me. And like mm. probably the other extreme to an unhealthy degree. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, disgusting to my ears. Uh, <laughs> you're some. You're an animal, Toria. Uh, truly. Ugh. Ugh. Hey, I've been called birth. <laughs> uh, no, I'm terrified of eating anything. Even like I don't like when anything gets close to the expiration date. I sniff my milk every morning to make sure that there's nothing wrong with it. And if I see if I pour milk and coffee and I see even a tiny little like like lick of a curdle, I will throw the whole gallon out away. See, I have always I, I'm just like I've always drank curdled milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have always associated that sort of like um it's not hypochondria, but that like hypervigilance and fear of health to my Jewish side. And I feel like I very much take after like my dad and his like <laughs> not Jewy side wow. in that I'm like, eh, it 
it'll man, be fine. Man, that is some self-hating right there. That's some like self-anti-Semitism. That's crazy. No, because there's You're other like, things. You're like, I thought the I most neurotic are, like, parts of my valid. personality like, are the Jewish parts, and I'm just going to work really hard to be not that. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this: the neurotic side of my family does happen to be the Jewish side. I'm gonna. That just might be my unique experience, and not reflected of any larger. I mean, look. Here's uh, what I'll say: truth. But that's my family. Well, here's what I'll say. My Jewish side of the family, they're also neurotic. So that's two for two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then as far as Frank um, and Cece, for me, I think, uh, honestly, Brighton was the one that I kind of uh, – I, I was terrible at science projects. Did not get it. Did not care. Like, phoned it in every time. They gave us an egg and to take care of as a baby. That was the only thing that I was good at. Because I, I liked taking care of kids. I had two younger sisters at the time. So I was like, this is easy. I know how to, like, keep a small, <gasps> fragile thing from breaking. Like, I can definitely do that. You know? And how to, like, pri- prioritize but, something is important. Yeah, I was going to say Sean liked nurturing a baby. I did. And I was like, <laughs> if anything, this is easier than Adorable. helping take care of my sisters. Because, like, they were humans who, like, had needs. And, like, the egg, I just had to not break for a week. You know? And, like... <laughs> I do... I. I do think it's adorable because I do remember another story you told on the podcast of how you once accidentally um, like saw a breastfeeding lady because you were so yeah. excited that she had a baby yeah. that you tore a blanket off your body. <laughs> and then just like, it's adorable to me only in that like I was a kid and I could have cared less about babies. Yeah. And it's so cute to me that like excited. little Sean. So and I didn't, to be fair, I didn't tear it off her body. I lifted it to peek because I was like, oh, the baby's sleeping under the blanket. I'm going to peek at him. And I was like, hello, baby. And I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> so like I also don't know if this is true, but I imagine you as a chubby kid. No, not at quite the opposite. I was very, I was like a little small, skinny, little cute, like I had a bowl haircut. Okay. Okay. Well, then I have to update, but, but yeah, so, um, I guess that's who we are. Um, you related to frantic Brighton, um, a day late and a dollar short in science. And I related to Sylvia, a human garbage can. (laughs) Cracks. And there, and there you have it, everybody. That is an that was the episode. episode. We're already three episodes done with season yeah. four. Three episodes. Yeah. And uh, listen, if you like the show, if you're enjoying it, don't forget, please. Uh, you know, I feel like there's at least 300 people listening to this up to this show, and we do not have 300 uh, Apple Podcast reviews. So please. Let's get those numbers up. If you're listening, I know it's hard. It's like so annoying to like stop and actually do this, but like, please do it. It would be so awesome if you did. Just, just like one time, just one time. You only got to do it once. Just one thing. I would like just one, one little, little thing. Hop, one little hop. Yeah, that's of that. it. Just one. Just take one. Just take the first hit. Is free. Just take one hit. It's the first one's free, baby. Go for it. <laughs> and then I promise you won't be addicted. Just do one. Uh, and and, I'll, and then if you want to um, talk to us or interact with us, we are on Twitter and Instagram at oh Mr. Chef Pod. Toria runs the Instagram, I run the Twitter, so you can come to both places and interact with us, or you can go to one place and shit talk the other person. Uh, <gasps> so if I love right, it. so if you uh, like me, love drama, then feel free to start some shit. We, we can handle it. It's, I am so paranoid that I instantly, whenever we keep making this joke, assume that everyone's going to flock to you. And like, I'm like, Sean's just more likable than me. I know it. 
<laughs> I get that. I just, he just, I just bet you that more people like him than me. And I just, it's like the, it's like every neurotic, uh, well, insecure thought weirdly comes out when you keep saying, making the joke that like, come to the one you love most. If it's any consolation, literally no one interacts with me on Twitter. I'm just screaming into the <laughs> void, desperate for any attention at all. I, I very rarely will someone be like, ah, cool. <laughs> Because I think I think our fan base is more – they live on it. Yeah, they do. They do because they're mostly female um, and they're young and they're cool and they're hip. And I am uh, male and dumb and want to scream my opinion out at anyone even if they don't want to hear it. <laughs> Sean's, like, Sean's like, come to our Reddit subscribe. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, come meet um, me on 4chan, you guys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's um, an episode. Okay. On that note. Um, we can't wait to see you next week. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the Thanks day. Thanks for calling. Goodbye. Bye. Cool. How long was that one? 76 minutes. No, 43 minutes. <laughs> Oof. The Flashing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, Fine. <laughs>